You're listening to The Crunch with Cam Slater. Right here on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Now we have Shane Jones waiting to discuss the poll results. Welcome, Shane, to The Crunch. Hey, man. Greetings. So I haven't shared with you these numbers yet, so it's going to be a bit of a surprise for you, but uh, we are... Oh, it's, poli- uh, it's politics, mate. Yeah. So we uh, we engaged uh, Curia Polling uh, to do a uh, a poll in Northland electorate. A lot of people have been saying that it's make or break for uh, two parties in particular, for New Zealand First uh, and for Democracy New Zealand. Uh, we had a number of uh, different questions, but the key question uh, that I want to get your response for today is that if a general election had been held yesterday, which political party's candidate are you most likely to vote for with your electorate vote? And the results are the national candidate, Grant McCallum, scoring 38%. The Labour candidate, Willow Jean Prime, scoring 18%. And then Shane Jones, New Zealand First, which is you, scoring 6%. And Democracy New Zealand's Matt King scoring 2%. So a bit of work to do there, Shane. Uh, Without a doubt. And the next 10 odd weeks, uh, the most important thing really is to, well, it's a two-tick campaign. It's both to promote uh, my track record, but more importantly, promote the uh, relevance and the track record of New Zealand First as being the vehicle that has... um, consistently developed a good record of um, delivery on the ground. The uh, work that we've been doing, uh, I think, is is certainly resonating, the public meetings and getting amongst the people. But obviously, historically, this has been a national uh, seat. But hey, the voters are going to have a strategic choice to make. If they want um, a third party called New Zealand First, to hold the seat of Northland, thus guaranteeing the delivery of other MPs, then they're going to have a clear choice. It's obvious from the voting patterns that we've picked up that a lot of people are returning to their former uh, vote. One thing about this poll, though, Shane, that I should share is that there's 30% of respondents said they were unsure which candidate they would vote for. But you would need to pick up all of that 30%, but you still wouldn't beat National on that current poll, the national candidate on that current poll. Are you expecting to see these numbers jump around a little bit? Yeah. I mean, all of these polls, they take a shot at the movement, and each week represents a further opportunity to get out there and till the garden. That's what we've got to do. I do think if you look back at the history, for example, of other candidates like Gary Knapp and the Social Credit, mm. which I've made the effort to do, they always polled until the very end uh, as third, and then people started to genuinely focus their attention on how do I get the best bang for my buck? How do I make one vote deliver five candidates? Yeah, and that's the key, isn't it, for New Zealand first? is that if they vote for the Jones boy in Northland, then there's a good chance there could be seven or eight other MPs that go in with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's important that the listeners bear in mind that 
all along we've had a two-tick strategy. We wanted to put our best foot forward and get out there and, and hustle for votes in a seat that's traditionally been national, although there's been a lot of volatility, what with uh, Willow um, uh, surprising everyone and winning the seat with 17,000 votes and um, Winston himself winning it in the by-election. But look, it's a good... Uh, it's a good wake-up call. There's lots more work to be done, and we've got the time to do the work, mate. Well, there is some uh, good news in the poll. We also asked if people could name the electorate MP for Northland, the National Act, New Zealand First, and Democracy New Zealand candidates. And this is where it gets quite amusing. The Labour MP, Willow Jean Prime, only 39% of respondents could name her, 54% had no idea, and 7% got it wrong completely. Uh, okay. The, Grant McCullum's got a real problem here. So he's he scored top in this poll, but when pressed uh, to name the national candidate, only 29% of respondents could name him, which is lower than the score he actually got. Mm, mm. Uh, 69% said no idea. Uh, for you, uh, you... Uh, actually scored the second highest. You, you got 34% of respondents knew who Shane Jones was, and that was only marginally behind Willow Jean Prime's name recognition. So in terms of name recognition, uh, you're um, in second place there, which is, I think that's a, a good indicator for you, Shane. Yeah. Look, I don't want to get too um, churlish, but if you break down the phraseology and curious question, they're really asking what party are you going to vote for? Yeah, yeah. And um, fortunately, uh, they're saying 6% at this stage will vote for New Zealand first candidate. And that's really what that question was about, party identification. Yeah. So uh, if you if you look at, say, the last, I think the last turnout, um, Cam, was 45,000 votes. Yeah. So um, do the maths yourself. Um, a third of 45 is 15,000 votes. Yeah. And I think you said 38% was the case with uh, that's Grant. Right. So that's that's kind of their long-term average, 16 to 17,000. That's what National consistently get, although Willow, Leapt from eight thousand up to seventeen thousand the last time. Yeah, but that was an and aberration, then, and everybody knows that. Yeah, so I mean, eighty percent, pretty much, is what the candidate consistently gets, and the party has been getting in Northland. If you divide, yeah. say, nine thousand into forty-five, you're with, you know, you're, you're yeah, yeah, you're, you're you're getting close to uh, the figure where historically mm. uh, Labor has achieved that. But no, no, I think the personal brand is well known. And it's really just breaking down some of the anxieties about their view about uh, maybe decisions that were made in installing Jacinda and all stuff like that. But I've got to say, the voters are always right, although they do confound me because in Northland, no one claims to have voted for uh, Willow, uh, yet she wiped the field. Well, you know, we did ask um, a party vote question as well. So... What's interesting is that New Zealand First uh, party vote indicator from the the same people we polled was five percent, but your when it came down to choosing the New Zealand First candidate, you were at six percent. So you're actually doing better than the party. Yeah. No. Well, um, 
we've historically attracted a high percentage of the New Zealand party vote out of Whanganei and Northland. Yeah. Um, the I uh, don't uh, are the ACT Party standing a candidate in Northland this time round. Yes, they've got Mark Cameron. Okay, so is he actually going to stand as a candidate for the seat, or is he just a party list? Um, uh, he's standing for the a candidate for the seat. So. Oh really? Okay. But but I mean, let's have a look at uh, his numbers there. Uh, he's just three percent, so he's slightly more than Matt King, but um, half of what you what you're getting. So, you know, it's not really a factor. It's more a factor on the party vote for for the ACT candidate in Northland. They're getting sixteen percent uh, on the party vote, um, but only only three percent for the candidate. So, a, a big a marked difference there. And the party vote turnout. For uh, the Labour Party, uh, it's uh, down to nineteen percent. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so that's nine thousand. Yeah, that's right. And uh, if eighteen percent was Willows, then that's pretty much down to eight and a half thousand, which is yeah. the long-term average. Yeah. Well, it's it. This... And then and and then the people. And then the fifteen thousand people, I think you said thirty odd percent. That's that's a third of forty five. Yeah. Whoever attracts them or wherever they go will determine the outcome, mate. Well, that's always been the way. Those undecided voters, and it'll be. In, we're going to try and do another poll before the election, and hope and that we should see an indicator that that thirty percent number drops. But if we end up in the last couple of weeks of the election with a, still a large number of undecided, then that's going to become very interesting. And if it is the same across every electorate, then uh, mm. you know, it'll, the result will be well, hard, tell, harder tell, to pick than a broken nose. Yeah, tell, tell me, um, uh, Cam, what is your personal sense as to how many people will remain undecided until the last two weeks of the election, mate? That's always confounded me because I've always been myself fairly certain about who I was going to vote for. Uh, come the election, uh, although the last two ele- or the last three elections for myself, I've always sort of wavered until the last minute. Uh, but yeah, I think there's a large sector of society, and I think that number thirty percent might be a little bit high, but it's somewhere between twenty and thirty percent are genuinely wow. undecided and and are sitting there going, well, you know, um, we don't really much like the crowd that we've got in now. But we kind of don't like the National Party either. So when those people break and how they break is going to be really interesting. And I don't think we're going to see too much movement in that until the last couple of weeks. And then it could be a, a helter-skelter, um, you know, rush towards the pot. To the and what, and what do you put that down to, Ken? I think a lot of people are realizing that um, changing the red team for the blue team is uh, – a case of diminishing returns, and uh, if they did look, they're just so similar in all of their policy settings. It's just the manner in which they want to deliver the result, um, you know, of what they want to do. Uh, you could put a tissue paper or a cigarette paper between between the two policy uh, platforms that National and Labor have, and I think that this election really should be. 
the election of the third parties. But okay. there's this disparate, a lot of disparate voices that are out there calling for this and calling for that, and, and there needs to be some sort of coalescence around a party that's likely to make it into parliament. That's my personal view. What what that party looks like, who that is, I, I don't know. Is it ACT? Is it New Zealand First? Is it Democracy New Zealand? Well, the voters will choose and ultimately will get the results of that. But I'm not sure that David Seymour has earned the right to get more than 10%. Mm, mm. Well, it's going to be, uh, oh, it's, it, you're right, mate, it's going to be a wild ride. And I'm finding in the North, a lot of people are quite cheery about telling you how they really feel. Yeah. Uh, whether or not it's they're not fully engaged or they just feel um, anxious that if they give you the wrong answer, you're gonna, they're going to be pulverised. Isn't that just the tragedy of where New Zealand has landed right now, that people seem to be afraid to have an opinion? You know, I, I can remember back in Muldoon's days, there'd be hundreds of protesters outside political meetings, and, and the National Party uh, people welcomed the protesters. It was a bit of fun. And nowadays, you can't seem to have an opinion, opinion. that varies from, from what the ma mainstream media or the woke tell us we should be doing, and they try and shut you down and cancel you. And, and it just appalls me, you know, that we've landed in a society where we've got people that are too afraid to tell a pollster or even a politician on the street that they suck or 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 they're great, you know. It's I appalling. agree with you, mate. It's 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 crazy. I I'm on my way to actually um, uh, meet up with some of the railway people, but I was horrified when I was told uh, by some locals that the reason the ninety-six million dollars, which was allocated to reopen the rail to Ortedia and the Bay of Islands to get the trucks and the freight off the bloody road because our roads mm. are in a dire state. The reason they've been unable to do it was because a hapu held a meeting and ordered them to cease and desist or they threatened violence. Now, obviously, they ceased and desisted. That is absolutely un unimaginably intolerable. What about the rest of the North? There's 190,000. Why on earth should we held, be held ransom to by the timidity of Kiwi Rail staff? But more importantly, about a couple of dozen hobbits threatening to do that. This is what's wrong with New Zealand. If I'd have still been the minister, mate, that bloody thing would have been built. We'd have just gone straight over the top of them. You stand to the side. These are legal rights. We're doing this for the entire region and for New Zealand. There's been a rail here for uh, decades, decades and decades. In fact, that's how the original Tohenare got to Wellington, on rail. Mm. Mm. And I think that that tiny example speaks to how we've allowed a, uh, a very dangerous culture to take root, that it's easy to hijack the agenda of a democratically elected government and reward the um, ill-chosen words or dangerous behavior of uh, minorities. And quite frankly, this is what's driven me to be probably more adamant than Winston sounds on um, getting rid of the tri Waitangi Tribunal's current writ, getting rid of co-governance and going line by line through a lot of our legislation and ensuring that we haven't institutionalised the ability for um, hijacked politics. Well, I think that's uh, you know certainly a message that a, a large number of people are uh, listen, you know, looking out for. Um, you know, I've I've just uh, 
shortly before this, spoken to Casey Costello, and she was saying exactly the same sort of thing. That's what's motivated her to get into politics. You know, and uh, you know, I said to her at, during the during the chat, I didn't even know that she was Maori because the media have maligned her and Don Brash so appallingly over the years, labeling them as racists. And uh, I fear that uh, you and Winston are also going to get called racists by, you know, these ne'er-do-wells that my grandmother used to call them ne'er-do-wells. And I've always thought that was a cute phrase, but I really understand it now. They they don't have any interest in what's good for the country. They're only interested in themselves. Yeah, yeah. Now, my grandmother used the word layabout, and there's a Māori term for it. It's called mōnoro. I learned that in Awanui when we were at school, people who wouldn't uh, pick up after themselves. Mm. And, um, oh, look, mate, um, we're going to continue to bloody um, champ- uh, well, so much champion, but promote and propound that message. But in relation to more work to be done, well, there's votes to be harvested. We're certainly going to shrink the size of um, uh, Grant's current uh, vote, win some of them from Labour, and win over those 30%. So it's good to talk to you, mate. Yeah, well, I wish you all the best, Shane. And, uh, Thank you very hopefully much. Hopefully we'll talk again uh, before the election. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks. This is The Crunch with Cam Slater. Conversations with a side of controversy right here on RCR.